jump right in this morning. We've been in a series for the last few weeks called Why Praise? Uh, I told uh, Pastor Ted a few minutes ago, I said, if people couldn't praise this morning, it's just because they just didn't want to. <laughs> Amen, Brent? It, they, it's just because we didn't want to. We gave you every opportunity. So we've been talking about praise over the last few weeks, and uh, we want to just close this out this week as we just get ready to move into our Thanksgiving series. We will start a new series next week on Thanksgiving. But, you know, I was thinking about over this week, and actually, uh, one of you all in this in this room today actually helped write the first part of my message this week. I actually had other stuff set up, and I throw th throwed it throwed it out. I went way West Virginia on everybody right there, and I throwed it out. Um, I threw it out because of some things that was said. And we're going to look at some things today. And again, we're talking about praise. Over this past few weeks, what we've looked at was praise as a weapon. Praise as, praise as a weapon. Uh, when David set up, uh, the, uh, or Jehoshaphat was going into to battle, he put the praisers in front of the army. And when he put the praisers in front of the army, the sound of praise confused the enemy so much that the enemy killed itself. They didn't even have to go into a battle. They thought they were going to have to fight because they decided to put praise first. I wonder how many battles we could actually skip in our own lives if we would decide to praise God first before we ever tried to fight the battle. But what we want to do, yeah, <laughs> what we want to do is we want to try to fight a battle and then try to praise God once we get to victory. How about we praise God for the victory before we ever see a victory? Come on. And so we saw that not only did praise bring, was a weapon to them, but praise brought provision. Jehoshaphat went in and when they took, like, when the enemies killed themselves, they left so much stuff, it took the armies three days to carry away all that the enemy had left behind, all because of praise. And then last week we looked at expressions of praise. And today we're going to kind of continue that. And over, and last week what we looked at was expressions of praise is music and song. Uh, expressions of praise as banners, banner waving, flag waving, you know. I saw a bunch of flags moving out, 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 in, a, out in a congregation this morning and I, I, just, I just smiled, you know. I saw, I think it was Everett run by here with a, with a flag in his hand and I thought, I remember when Reese was running with a flag in his hand, you know. Um, so that's a form of praise uh, that, that's scriptural. <clears throat> we saw that lifting our hands up was scriptural. We saw the clapping, scriptural, bowing, kneeling, and even laying down before God is scriptural. We saw that shouting is scriptural. Well, that's just not my personality. Doesn't matter, it's an expression of praise. I wonder what, would act, what God would actually break off of us if we would decide to get outside of what we think is our personality. If we would just begin to let it out, Oh, I started to sing that one, that old lady song, shout, shout, let it all out. <laughs> Come on. See, it's all scriptural. It's all straight from, from the word. We saw that even dancing is scriptural. It's scriptural. I saw somebody over here just letting at it. Uh, and I thought, man, we all need to be that free. Amen. I'm trapped. I'm, 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 right, I'm wired down up there. So, uh, only so far I can go, I'm on a short leash. 
Go, if you will, let's go to our text we've been looking at, Psalm 96. Psalm 96, I'm reading from the Passion Translation for this. He says, go ahead, sing your new song to the Lord. That's, 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 that's permission, in case you're wondering. He says, go ahead, sing your new song to the Lord. Let everyone in every language sing to him a new song. Don't stop. Keep on singing. Make his name famous. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. Give them the good news of our great Savior. Folks, my goodness. This is a whole different way of evangelizing here. He said, give every, every day, give everyone the good news of our Savior. Tell everyone how wonderful he is. Uh, he said, take the message of his glory and miracles to every nation. Tell them about the amazing things he has done. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. And he deserves all the praise that comes to him. He is our King God. And it is right to be in holy awe of him. Oh, glory. Other gods are absolutely worthless. For, for the Lord God is creator God who spread the splendor of the skies. Breathtaking brilliance and awe-inspiring majesty radiate from his shining presence. His stunning beauty overwhelms all who come before him. Surrender to the Lord Yahweh, all you nations and peoples. Surrender to him all your pride and your strength. Confess that Yahweh alone deserves all the glory and honor. Bring an offering and come celebrate in his courts. Come worship the Lord wearing the splendor of holiness. Let everyone wait as they tremble in awe before him. Tell the nations plainly that Yahweh rules. Overall, I love this. He is doing a great job. Yeah, but the world's a mess, but I'm telling you what, my God is still doing a great job. He is unbelievably awesome. He is unbelievably grand and glorious. He is holy and righteous. He is doing a great job, and nothing will disrupt him. Hey, come on. He is doing a great job, and nothing will disrupt him. For he treats everyone fair and square. Let the skies sing for joy. Let the earth join in the chorus. Let oceans thunder and fields echo in this ecstatic praise. Woo! See, that's what our praise should be. Ecstasy. It's an ecstatic praise. It's something that moves you. It's something that causes an expression to come out of you. Well, I'm praising on the inside. Praise doesn't happen on the inside. Let me tell you something. If I got into worship, worship can happen on the inside. Praise doesn't happen on the inside. Praise is an expression. He said, it's an ecstatic praise until every swaying tree of the forest joins in, lifting up their song of joyous praise to him. And finally, verse 13. 
for here he comes. <laughs> for here he comes, the Lord God, and he is ready to judge the world, and he will do what is right, and he can be trusted to always do what's fair. This is the God we serve. This is the God we praise. This is the God that we have sung about all morning long, talking about how free we were, how this and that. And you know, we sing the songs like we sang today with straight faces. Like, man, you ain't going to move me. <laughs> you know, I, I talked about it last week, Sandy. We sing the song with a straight face when he don't move. When the Spirit of the Lord is on my heart. I will dance like David danced. When the Spirit of the Lord is on my heart, I will dance like David. I will dance. I will dance if my feet were stuck. <laughs> and we, that's how we've done it. And that's how we see. Well, I will dance and I will dance. And, and, and so... We, we, so, so we're going to look at this today. How did David dance? How did David dance? We talked about it a little bit last week. With all his might, David went hard. <laughs> he went at it hard. And we, we can't, so it's not right for us to sing that song if we're not going to do what it says. I will dance like David danced when the Spirit of the Lord's in my heart. He's always in your heart. You received the Holy Spirit. You said, come into me. God moved into you. The Holy Spirit came into you. And here you are. So what's your excuse? Oh, person. <laughs> it's an expression of worship. Well, we just don't need all of that in the church today. Maybe you don't need that. But there are times when I need to dance. That's why I can't, how in the world that stool is held up under, I'm telling you, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't heard it pop yet. Go to Acts chapter 13. And like I said, somebody in this room helped write the first part of this because they said something to me of, of, of an argument that people would have about everything I preached last week. And so I say thank you to them. And if you know who you are, you, you know, you know. Because what was said was there are some people who would say, but that was all in the Old Testament. Those were all examples of the Old Testament praise, and you can't find it in the New Testament. <laughs> Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And when he removed him, he raised up David to be their king, and he testified, saying, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will fulfill my entire will. God said of David, the one who danced with all of his might, God said of David, the one who 
set up all of this stuff. Said, bring your four hundred, bring your four thousand uh, trumpeters, bring your skilled musicians, bring your dancers, bring all. God called him a man after His heart. So, if God set up, established. David and he established dancing and flag waving and shouting and clapping and kneeling. And God said that was after his heart. When did God change? Because we love to quote the scripture. God is, what is it? Hebrews chapter 13, 4, I think. We might read it in a minute. I can't remember. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same God that okayed worship with dancing flags and shouts and claps and laying down and bowing and kneeling and running and jumping and, and all this stuff, the same God who put that in David and said, I'm going to put my heart in David. I found in David a man after my heart, and I don't change. So let me tell you something. It was okay then. It's okay now. It was okay for them to run and jump and skip and hop and dance. It's okay for you to run, jump, skip, hop, and dance. It's okay. <laughs> Got to quit. <laughs> but we don't need all of that. Hebrews 13, 8. It was not 4, it's 8. So it's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if God doesn't, doesn't change, then why do we think his expressions of worship changed? When did this happen to us? When did our praise time become so dignified? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but that was in the Old Testament. But he doesn't change. So if it's the same God in the Old Testament, Jeff, he's the same God in the New Testament, then it still must be okay, Brenda, to jump and hop and clip and clip, clap. <laughs> he, he's the same but that's the old covenant well you know what the ten commandments were in the old covenant too we still count them as relevant to the church we can't pick and choose what we decide to throw out here oh come on <laughs> go to second Samuel so we're going to look at David today I'm going to cut a message to you called like David because we sing the song I will dance like David danced I will shout like David shout. I will something sing, thank you, like David sang. In 2 Samuel chapter 2, now what has happened here is the Ark of the Covenant had been in the house of Obed-Edom for, for, for a time. And the whole time the Ark of the Covenant, which you got to understand about the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. So David said, why should the presence of God not be with God's people? Well, what led up to it being left at Obed-Edom's house is when they started to move it, uh, uh, they put it on a cart, and when it toppled, somebody reached up and grabbed the cart, and they, you're not supposed to touch the ark. And when he reached over and touched the ark, he fell over dead. So they said, whoa, 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 well, let's just leave it here until we get this right. And so they left it in Obed-Edom's house. And David said, it's time for us to go and bring the presence of God 
back to God. I believe the time has come that it's time for the presence of God to come back to God's people. It's time that we quit living like something else, being something else, acting like something else. Bring God's presence back to God's people. And so we find that David now is going to get the ark from Obed's house. What a name. And verse 12. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the, the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because the ark of God, the presence of God. Look what happens when the presence of God is in your life. You're blessed. Not just you, but everything you have is blessed. The presence of God in your life will bless your children. It'll bless your grandchildren. It'll bless your home. It'll bless your job. It'll bless your house. It'll bless your, 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 your employer. Do you realize how blessed Cambridge is just because you're here? Do you realize how blessed Caldwell is because Doudna sits over there? Come on. Do you understand how blessed? Why? Because where the presence of the Lord is, it blesses everything. And you carry the presence of God. You carry the presence of the Lord. So everything you do is blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. Come on. Believe it about yourself. He said, and so they, he said, he heard that the ark had blessed everything Obed-Edom has because of the ark of God, the presence of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David. Look what follows the presence of God. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. I told you, I used to tell my daughter, I love my daughter. She's getting married Saturday. <laughs> He's all right, too. But I used to talk to her all the time, and I say, Sydney, why are you so upset? She look at me all offended. I'm not. She, she's smiling big up here. Y'all can't see her. She's, she's, I said, tell your face. See, if something's going on on the inside, it usually shows on the outside. And so we'd go in places. Maybe we should start doing this in church, Pastor Ted. We'd go somewhere, and I'd look over at her, and I'd go. And she'd go look at me and go, all smart. Maybe we need to just every now and then look at somebody and go, tell your face. Tell your face. Why? Because when the presence of God is there, it comes with rejoicing. David went and got the ark out of Obed-Edom's house, and he brought it back down to God's people with rejoicing. You can't be in the presence of God where there is not rejoicing. Oh, glory. 
I am going to try to get through all this. And in verse 13, and when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord, they had taken six steps, he offered, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Imagine how long this trip was from Obed's house back to the city of God because every six steps they decided to offer sacrifices to God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Praise party right here. Sacrifice a bull, sacrifice a calf. We're going to praise God right here. One, two, three, four, five, six. Right here, praise party. We're going to break it out. Get me a bull. Get me a calf. I'm going to bring sac. See, we don't have to offer bulls and calves anymore. Well, he says, when you come into God's house, offer to him a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Bring to him a sacrifice of praise. This is what you have. Woo! Glory to God. That would have been a long trip. Every si How many bulls and calves spilled their blood that day? Because David said, I'm going to praise. Every six, see, when you begin to set up a praise party at every, every so far in your life, what happens is, is you don't ever forget to praise him. He wasn't going to go very far lest he forgot that he was in the presence of God. So every six steps, he remembered, I'm in the presence. I am in the presence of God. I'm going to worship right here. And let me walk just a few steps more, and I'll worship here for a little while. I'll walk a few steps more, but I'll never get anything done. But my goodness, if you become overwhelmed by the presence of the glorious, awe-inspiring, wonder-working, miracle-dropping God. So, I will dance like David danced. Verse 14. And David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. The Spirit of the Lord didn't move David to dance. Well, if God wants me to dance, he'll move my feet. That's like me coming over here and asking Renee to dance with me. She's like, okay, you're going to have to drag me up. You're going to have to move my feet. I would ask Jeff first. <laughs> That's what we want God to do. God said, come to me and be a dance partner with me. Come to me and praise me. Worship me. Become my dance partner. And we go, okay, but you're going to have to do all the work. Come on. He said, I, David danced with all his might. He worked up the effort just to dance. He worked up the effort just to praise God. God didn't work him up into a lather. Us old Pentecostals want to think that we want to blame everything on the Holy Spirit. Well, when the Spirit didn't move me, David was waiting. He worshiped, he praised God with all his might. King James Version, 1611. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. It says the same thing. So what does the word dance mean? <laughs> da da to dance, this is what David did. 
He twisted. Let's twist again. It means to twist. It means to twirl around. It means to be impassioned with dancing. David twirled around. He spun around. He jumped. He was impassioned. It means to move your feet, to dance with shouts. <clears throat> I will dance like David. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to dance. You're going to move your feet. You're going to twirl. You're going to spin. You're going to shout. It's going to be a passion. Now, here's, here's, here's another kicker. I like the next part of this definition. It's not a set dance. It's not a choreographed dance. It's something that just comes up. It's something that just comes out. He says it's not a set dance, but it means to leap. It means to skip oh, and to whirl around with what? Joy. So... I want you to get in your mind what David was doing in his little linen ephod. He was dancing, he was twirling, he was leaping, and about every six steps, he would stop and do it again. And about every six steps, he would stop and do it again. And here is, it was nothing but this whole journey back to the city of God. That's where we're headed, right? We're just on a journey back to the city of God, carrying the presence of God with us. Oh, so every six steps, we should just leap and twirl and jump and dance and shout. It ought to be a praise party. Every day of your life should look like you have lost your ever-loving mind. Well, I don't do that. Tell your face. Y'all, mm. That's what he did. He said David danced. He twirled. He skipped. He leapt. He jumped. How? With all his, with all of his, go ahead, with all his strength, he went hard. Brent, we should be tired at the end of praise. That's why Ted does the announcements. I'm tired. It means to do it boldly. Yes. It means to do it loudly. Yes. You can't praise God quietly. Yes. You can worship God quietly, but you can't praise God quietly. Yes. Praise has no quietness in it. It means strength, it means boldness, it means to be loud. It means to have power. I like that last word, it means to be fierce. It means to be fierce. David fiercely leaped and leapt and skipped and hopped and jumped and twirled and spun and every six steps he'd do it again and every six steps he would do it again because he knew he was carrying the presence of God back to the city of God Second <coughs> uh, Samuel in ancient Hebrew folks both of these words also carried a connotation of weapons of warfare. Dance and might also carried connotations of weapons of warfare. Go back to verse 16. I'm sorry, verse 15. And while he and the entire house of Israel 
brought up the presence of the Lord. That's what the ark of the Lord was. So if I read presence of the Lord, I'm not being sacrilegious and not reading all the Bible. That's what it means. That's where God's presence resided, is in the ark. So David and all the house of Israel, so the whole city was with him. What a party. And look how they went with the presence of God, with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, who David had married, she watched from a window. See, what we're getting ready to see is the attitude of people who watch others praise. (laughs) Hang on. Says she watched from the window and she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord and look what it did to her. Why? She wasn't in the presence of God. All the rest of Israel was. Go back. Can you back that up a little bit to verse 15? And while the entire house of Israel, so everybody else was there, she was back in her safe place. Now go back to verse 16, please. Thank you. Man, Bobby is on the ball. And as the ark of the Lord entered into the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. See, when you're not where the presence of the Lord is, when other people are praising real hard, it will irritate you. There's just no need for that. There is no need for Sheila to act like that. There's, no, there's just no need for it. Why? Because everybody else was in the presence. She stayed back. See, that's what we do when we come to church sometimes. We sit back and we decide, well, let me watch and see what happens here. And there's a big move of God going on and we're going, that's uncalled for. The Bible says, let everything be done decently and in order. Yes, it does. Absolutely it does. But he's also talking about tongues and interpretation in the church. And if everybody, listen, listen, y'all go with me. Right, Lewis? We're going here. If everybody else is leaping and jumping and dancing, who's the one out of order? Uh It looks like they're in order because everybody's doing, that's the way it is. Everybody else was doing it. Come on. But she stayed back. And look what it did. She despised her husband in her heart. Ooh. Verse 17. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. How much offering did he have left? Every six steps was a bull and a calf giving their life and worship. And he gets back to the house of David. He puts it in its tent, into the tabernacle, the mobile place of God. What are you? You are the mobile place of God. You are the pitched tent where the presence of God rests. 
there should be some sacrifices going on. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. And when he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the mighty name of the Lord Almighty. And then he gave a loaf. See, there's something about being in the presence of God. And when you're worshiping God this way, it makes you a giver. This is why we do Harvest House. He blessed everyone with some bread with a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins, to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and they all went to their homes. But there was Michael. There was Michael. Remember back in verse 16, let's go read that again. And when the ark of the Lord entered into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, she watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping, dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Now, look what happened. Now, we know what happened in verse 19. God bless, David blesses everybody with cakes and a cake of dates and raisins and all, all this good stuff. And look at verse 20 now. And David returns to his own home to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out. See, this is what happens. She came out and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Well... You sure made a show of yourself today, didn't you? That's what she said. She said, look at you. You, you, you've distinct, you, oh, you're, you're a distinguished king. Everybody around you saw your little ephod go flying around when you were twirling and saw your little ephod go fly up when you were dancing. She said, oh, you made a show of yourself. That's what we do in churches, isn't it? When we decide we want to stand out here outside the presence of God and we see somebody else enjoying it. You ever seen that one? <laughs> that ain't God. You can't tell me that's God. There's nothing about that is God. All this laughing, all this drunken Holy Ghost. That ain't God. Except in the Acts chapter 2, when it says the Spirit of the Lord came down on them, they said they appeared drunk. Because everybody in the room said, These are drunk. And he said, Hey, we're not drunk like you think we are. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But when the presence of God, she decided she was going to come out and said, you made a show of yourself, didn't you, big boy? You have embarrassed me. You've embarrassed yourself. And there's just no point in acting like that in the house of God. Okay, going on. Because I know none of us have ever heard that before. She said, how, you, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of girls, of his servants, slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. Now, isn't it funny that his ephod may have flown up, but when she described it, he stripped. 
Because when we're not experiencing a move of God like everybody else is, we will always make it something that it's not. Come on. She took it to a whole nother level. She said, yo, you made a show of yourself taking your clothes off like that. And look at verse 21. Because this leads into another song that we sing, in, we used to sing in churches a lot. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. Ooh. See, when you read it that way, you really hear why, how David said it. You were just upset because God chose me and didn't choose daddy. <laughs> he said, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me to rule over the Lord's people. I will celebrate before the Lord. And here's where we get the new song. <laughs> Verse 22, and I will become even more undignified than this. We don't really realize that what, we're, what he's singing. We've sang that in church, and we don't really realize what it means. It means that I will dance so hard, I will make a public spectacle of myself. I will praise him with everything in me, and everybody around will see the praises of my heart, and I will make a public spectacle of myself. He said, I will become even more under. You thought, you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. <laughs> I will be humiliated in my own eyes. You know what he's saying? I'm going to do what may be outside of my normal behavior. So now you have no excuse. Well, that's just not how I praise. <laughs> then it's time to become even more undignified, to get outside yourself, even to humiliate. Come on. Why? Because he's worth it. Our problem is I'm too worried about what Jody's going to think about me when I leave here than I am about praising the one who saved me, who healed me, who delivered me, who provided for me, who created me. And so I don't want to look undignified. What are they going to say about me? I'm crazy. Folks, they thought you was crazy the moment you pulled on top of this hill and walked in these doors. Like Brother Hagen used to tell us in school, you're in here, you might as well act like us now. <laughs> they think you're one of us anyhow. I will become even more undignified than this and I will humiliate, be humiliated in my own eyes by these slave girls you spoke of. I will be held in honor. You know why he'd be held in honor? Where was the entire house of Israel? They were out there with him. They didn't, they wasn't worried about him. Well, I tell you what. Somebody shouldn't have let Everett run around here with the flag. That's just not right. Well, if you was worshiping, you wouldn't have paid attention to what he was doing to that flag anyhow, right? 
If you were worshiping in your own self, come on, you wouldn't worry about how somebody sitting beside you is worshiping, praising. He said, but in the sight of these slave girls you speak of, I will be held in honor. Now here's the kicker. Look at verse 23. Because of her attitude towards someone else's praise, and Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children until the day of her death. Her criticism of another man's praise caused her to not produce the very thing that she wanted. All because she criticized him. There's a little, there's a video. I love this little, I love this video. It comes around every so many years. This little girl sitting in the back seat trying to put her, her seatbelt on her car seat herself and she's struggling she's fumbling and her dad says, you want me to help you? She said, no, thank you. She's trying it and she's trying it. Dad says, you want me to help you? No, thank you. You can hear it in her voice. She's fumbling. You want me to help you? She finally says, you worry about yourself. <laughs> Imagine if we just came to church that way. And if Jody wants to dance, that's her thing. I'm gonna do something else. Or if I'm gonna join her, we'll do something else. It's, well, the, the Lord didn't move me that way. He didn't move David that way either. David just said he did it with all of his might. We were in class one time, Brother Hagen was teaching, and some of you know this story. And man, he had us going, man, he is bringing bombs. And uh, he is getting excited. He said, man, I tell you what, if somebody would take off dancing, I'd dance with them. I didn't know, Steve, I was the first one on my feet. So I jumped up and I took off dancing. He takes off dancing. The next thing you know, there was about 400 people in this room all took off at the same time. Every, there was bodies everywhere. Why? Because praise is contagious. And it just takes one person to be free enough to say, I will be more undignified. I won't worry about myself, what I look like, what I sound like. I'm not gonna worry about all this stuff. I wanna look at Michael real quick and we're gonna close. Michael is the same, is, an, is, a, is a shadow of the church. She's a daughter of a king. She's a daughter of a king. She's Saul's daughter. She was bought by the blood of David's circumcision. Sounds like the church, don't it? Bought by blood. The blood on the cross. So not only was she a daughter of the king, she was purchased with the blood of David's circumcision to be his bride. She was married now to the king who was the king of Judah. And as Jody already mentioned this morning, what is Judah? Didn't you say that this morning? Praise. So she is now the bride of the king of praise. 
that's what you are. You are the bride of Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Praise, you are a bride of praise. And so when she stood in complete opposition against his praise, she was standing in complete opposition of her own self, of her own identity as a bride of a king of praise. Oh, Lord, our God. Uh, so what did she become? She became legalistic. She became judgmental. And it seems that the, the, the pattern of the church for so many years has been to stifle big moves of the Holy Spirit that they didn't understand. Toronto was missed by a lot of people. Well, those weird manifestations. You worry about yourself. <laughs> Brownsville revival was missed by a lot of people who would sit back in judgment of it. <laughs> a lot of the great revivals of our history was missed because parts of the church became legalistic and judgmental and said, there's no point in that in my praise. And most of the time, those who did then became infertile and they quit producing offspring. And so now we see them dying on the vine. Oh, come on. Uh, she became barren. There was a prophecy given to this church a while back. It's a few years ago. I actually went back and looked it up. It said this, you are entering into a new era of worship. Make sure you don't say that can't be God. He is going to pour out in areas we have not seen before. Clamorously foolish. Don't get upset with these things. They are a part of the kingdom. What is coming will blow us away. I believe that time is now. I believe that time is right here. I believe that time is right now. I want to leave you with one last scripture. Amos chapter 9, I believe. Is it up there? Oh, chapter 5. I write this out of the message translation. Now, we know the message is a paraphrase. It's not really a translation. We, we are not getting into all that. But I love how the message puts this, Idra. God says, I can't stand your religious meetings. <laughs> I'm fed up with your conferences and your conventions. I want nothing to do with your religious projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes. Oh, 
your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? This is where God is taking HCF into a place where it's him, it's always him, it's only gonna be about him, it's who he is, and we are gonna come in here with a heart to praise and a heart to worship. We will become even more undignified than this because we know in whom we serve, we know what he is able to do, we know what he is able to accomplish in our life. We've seen him move, we've seen miracles, we'll see signs, we'll see wonders. He is not done, he is only the beginning, get ready. As T.D. Jakes would say, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's time. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you're a glorious God. And I thank you that you have given me the ability to praise you. I thank you that you have given me the ability to honor you and worship you, praise you. Oh, Lord of God. Thank you, Father. And we'll not become legalistic and judgmental. We'll let each other praise the way each other wants to praise. Whether we understand their praise or not, because half the time if we don't understand their praise, we don't understand what it took for them to get it. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Sit still, Jody, come on. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Turn it on. You on? Give her a mic here. Got her? You know, our pastor spoke of freedom and expectation in here. We're going to start seeing, I kept saying it was the people coming in. It's the people in here. We're going to get the contagious. We're going to get the freedom to dance and to sing. If you don't, if you just stand there, start raising your hands, start shouting. We're going to see a freedom in this place, and that freedom will be contagious. We will become the praise of God. We will become what he's called us to be, the line of the tribe of Judah. Start allowing yourself to be free. Don't worry about what people are doing. Do it what's in your heart. Do it out of your spirit. Don't wait for him to move. Just step out and do it. With that, you're blessed.